How can scripture shape your life? Welcome to episode 49 of Anglican Catechesis, where we're learning to follow Jesus on the Anglican way. Today, we'll be covering questions 227 through 232 in To Be a Christian in Anglican Catechism, the official catechism of the Anglican Church in North America. I'm Father Kurt Hine, Rector of Light of Christ Anglican Church in Georgetown, Texas, joined today by my co-catechist, Father Isaac Rayberg, Rector of All Saints Anglican Church in San Antonio, Texas. But before we begin, let's start with prayer. This is the Collect for the second Sunday in Advent, which is super appropriate for this week's podcast. Blessed Lord, who has caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and the comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. 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 So question 227, which we'll quote um, that collect. How should the Holy <laughs> Scriptures shape your daily life? I should hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by the sustaining power of God's word, I may grow in grace and hold fast to the hope given to me in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, that's probably my favorite collect because these issues on how the Holy Scripture should shape our daily life are just, um, they're just such great things to think about and, and just a, such a great picture of, 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 the, the role of scripture in our life. And uh, just, just it, it helps me see how much I love the Bible. I, and I really do. Yeah, scripture is primary. It's of primary importance. And this is one of our distinctions, actually, as Anglicans, is it not? When it yeah, comes to authority. yeah. I, I've heard us uh, described as Bible Catholics before, mm -hmm. um, you know, in, uh, in, a, in another podcast. Um, and, and I would say that, yeah, for, for us, this, this is the defining thing. Why did we do the liturgical changes we did at the Reformation? Because of the scriptures. You know, why, why did we have a Reformation? Because of the scriptures. I mean, everything that is what we do, um, scripture is the primary thing for us as Anglicans and really as, as Protestants in general. That's the way it's supposed to be. Um, but I do like calling us Bible Catholics. Yeah, I, I think it puts a really fine point on the distinction because as anglicans we we are part of that conservative reformation so we didn't throw mm -hmm. out the tradition the tradition is still an authority it is the authority on how we read scripture for example That's but right. it is not the primary authority which is which is the scripture and it reminds me of my ordination vows mm -hmm. from the prayer book the bishop asks the priest the, the soon-to-be priest, <laughs> do you believe that the Holy Scriptures contain all things necessary for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ? And are you determined out of the Holy Scriptures to instruct the people committed to your charge and to teach or maintain nothing as necessary to eternal salvation, but that which may be concluded and proved by the Scriptures? To which mm. I responded, I do so believe, and I am so determined, the Lord being my helper. And that's really just putting the content of Article Six from our Thirty-Nine Articles into uh, into a, um, a a vowel format, which is again just such a great 
a great article that's probably the one I quote the most. Um, you know, the other one, the other one might be in Article 12, where it uh, talks about our good works being the fruit of our faith. Those two are just just be and, and they are they are they are the 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 cornerstones of why we are who we are as Anglicans. Yes, and and the Bible is not just an authority, but it is authoritative and powerful. It is yeah. God breathed. It, it it is God breathed. Paul tells us in Second Timothy three sixteen, and so that's why it has um, this power, as as it says here, the sustaining power for us that we can grow in grace. The the Holy Spirit in us is like it's like Cookie Monster loves cookies. The Holy Spirit loves Scripture and feeds <laughs> off of Scripture, and that's why yeah. we we use this digestion right language. Hear, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest. We want to get, it's not enough to just have like a, you know, you can't take the Bible and just do this to it, right? This is not what we're talking about, right? <laughs> there you go. That doesn't do no, anything. No, no Bible by osmosis. No, no. You've got to eat it, right? You've got to spiritually get it into you. It's got to be digested so that it becomes part of you. That's That's how you, like, yeah, like with a steak. You've got to cut it into pieces. You've got to chew it. You've got to eat it if you want the energy of the steak, the protein to get into you, right? And so with scripture, we've got to we've got to do that same thing. We've got to process it down. So we're going to talk about that. Yeah, let's let's start on this chain here that we get from our collect uh, two twenty eight. How should you hear the Bible? I should hear the Bible through regular participation in the church's worship, in which I join in reciting scripture, hear it read and prayed and listen to its truth proclaimed. Yeah, and uh, going back to uh, last week with our rule of life, it talked about um, that weekly participation in communion and that regular, that daily participation in the offices. And, you know, historically, those were all public services. And the main reason was we want to hear scripture proclaimed, especially in those offices. Um, wh why was the uh, King James Bible done the way it was? I mean, that beautiful language um, that, you know, really is a masterpiece of English literature that is the King James Bible was so that it could be heard. That's why it was done the way it was done. Right. So that people could hear it and it would uh, it would be transformative in the hearing of God's word. Well, Paul says in Romans, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And Martin Luther famously says that the, the ear is the organ of faith. So it starts with hearing the word, and that's how it enters into us. And the power that is in the word, the Holy Spirit's power, begins um, to work in us through hearing. And, and that's and it's a little that might be a little weird for us as 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 moderns who are used to silent reading as our main way of of taking in God's word. But but hearing of it is really important. Mm. Um, read aloud to your children. Read aloud to yourself. Listen actively in church. Again, Paul to Timothy says, do not neglect the public reading of Scripture. And then also Revelation, there's a promise that's attached. Let's see if I can find it here. Revelation chapter 1. It says, blessed, yeah, Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. Mm. And blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. So and, and that's what that's one of the reasons why, like we've said before, Sunday Eucharist is not something to be skipped because it's invaluable that public reading of scripture together 
is is crucial for our faith for our spiritual health absolutely so then 229 how should you read the bible i should read the bible daily following the church's set readings lectionaries or following a pattern of my own choosing yeah, so let's talk about those church lectionaries a little bit. Um, the 2019 essentially has two two lectionaries. Um, we could argue that there might you you could consider some of the other Holy Day lectionaries as a third, but it's really a supplement to the other ones. Mm -hmm. um, so we have uh, our our Eucharistic lectionary, which is the readings for for Sundays and Holy Days. Um, the 2019s is a three year cycle. That's a more modern approach. I don't know if that's shown up it's good on the video showing. or not, but that's <laughs> no, all whited we'll, out. Okay, we'll we'll put a we'll put a link to the to the downloads from the from the yeah. catechism page. Um, yeah, so that yeah three year cycle that's what most people are more familiar with, um, and that that's kind of a twentieth century approach. That three year cycle, the older Eucharistic lectionaries were just an epistle and a gospel. And it was a one-year cycle, kind of giving you almost the uh, adult version of Bible stories to learn. Um, and then we have the daily lectionary, which is a more systematic approach to getting the entire Bible, or at least most of it, every year. And, and that's, that's, that's the point there. Um, the 2019, I, I mentioned this last time, has more scripture than any other of those daily office lectionaries before, which is a very good thing. And it's flexible enough to be done either on a one-year or a two-year cycle. Right. But I would very much recommend building up to that one year because getting the whole Bible or the vast majority of it every year is a very good thing. Yes, it is. It's it's and it's very easy. You just what day is it? Boom, go there, read that. Especially yeah. like we said in times of spiritual dryness. What am I going to read today? Well, get your prayer book. Boom, do it. <laughs> and you can find there's there's plenty of apps. There's a couple. Well, there's a couple of apps, I should say, right now that will do that Great. finding it for you <laughs> and a couple and several podcasts, which will read it for you. Um, so you can listen, listen to those things in that context. Well, daily, what's it? Da uh, daily prayer, 2019.com or daily, sorry, no, daily office, 2019.com. Is and they have an great, app that goes with that, yeah. And that app is killer. What a great job they've done on that! Yeah. And it keeps getting yeah, and it, it it lets you choose the uh, version of scripture you're going to read from. It lets you choose, um, you know, the standard 2019 language or the traditional language, that more King James language. It lets you choose 60 day Psalter or 30 day Psalter. You know, one year daily office lectionary or two years. So it, you can customize it. It's it's a real helpful thing. Um, yeah, for those. And then the other one I would recommend is the Daily Office Podcast. Daily Office yeah. Podcast. He does, Andrew Russell does prayer, morning and evening prayer. And he does a great job with that as well. Yeah, I, I'm not, I, I, I know of that podcast, but I, I haven't really listened to it. So do you, do you know if he's doing the um, kind of the one-year cycle on those readings in that 60-day or that 30-day for the Psalms? Do you know? He, he's doing a one-year 60-day. He just just um, started doing evening prayer as well as morning prayer. Nice. But it's it's really great. And it's a way to defeat those excuses too, that you can't right. do it. Like and and to overcome that lethargy. Like if you just don't have it in you to to read, then listen to it. I mean really like 
these guys are doing a great job at just a limit helping helping us get into this practice it's another so another tool in the discipline yeah abs absolutely oh, uh, how about um in following a pattern of your own choosing have you have you ever done that kurt on uh, one of your own I have uh, I have a men's group that meets at, on 6:30 a.m. Um, on Wednesdays. We used to meet Tuesdays, but we did we went through a reading plan for a year that read through the scripture, and then we memorized a verse from that every every year um, every week, and uh, that was really good. Yeah, when I was a teenager, um, the student Bible I got it was some NIV student Bible from Zondervan, like like designed for for younger folks. It had three reading plans. One was kind of a six-month overview of the Bible. Um, so you hit at least something from every book um, over six months. It probably took me that first time through eight months to do it. And then the next one was a three-year reading plan. So you're doing a, basically a chapter a day, getting through the whole Bible. And that took me closer to two and a half years because I really enjoyed it. And so I kind of was doubling down. Um, and, and, and similarly... If you if you do hit three chapters a day, you'll get it in the whole year. So a simple reading plan would be either just three chapters in a row or like two Old Testament and one New Testament. And you'll get through the New Testament less than a year and the Old Testament just a little bit more than a year. And it's really easy to do. You just get a few bookmarks and you can just. Yeah, exactly. Right. You read you read one psalm or two psalms a day, move the bookmark, read. Yep. Two chapters in the Old Testament, three chapters, move the old bookmark. One in the new, move the bookmark. And eventually you'll make it all the way through. It's real. It's, yeah. It, and I've even seen some real hardcore ones that kind of divide the biblical literature into kind of like classes like you take in, in school. And you take, you do one from each class every day and you end up cycling through the Bible very quickly. But it's a lot of commitment. Um, I, I never was able to make it, but I know some people that do that kind of thing and they love it. I have a hard upper limit in how much I can read in a day. I mean, there's a limit <laughs> point in which my eyes cross and I'm not really taking anything in. <laughs> yeah, for, so. for me, it depends on what is accompanying it, right? Yeah. <laughs> like if I have have a nice, uh, have a lot of coffee or something like that, it helps. But otherwise, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> so question 230, how should you mark passages of scripture? So this is, the, oh, let me read it first. I should study the Bible attentively, noting key verses and themes, as well as connections between passages in the Old and New Testaments. I should study on my own and with other Christians, using trustworthy commentaries and other resources to grasp the full meaning of God's word. So this is not talking about making sure you have three bookmarks for your three chapters. No, this is this is actively reading right? It's, yeah. it's engaging with the text. It's noticing the connections between the old and the new. It's thinking about how does this teach, what does this teach me about myself? What does this teach me, more importantly, about the nature of God and Jesus Christ and his salvation? And so qu querying the text, not just being passive and, and seeking to understand it in a deeper way. Yeah, then there's, there's kind of a little bit of a basic rubric when people are asking me that I usually give them, I'll, I'll say, okay, you know, ask yourself, um, first and foremost, what does this text say in its plain meaning? What's it actually saying? You know, those, those basic who, what, where, when, why type questions. You know, what does this text say in the context? That's number one. Uh, number two, what does this teach me about Jesus? 
because he said all scripture is about him. So all scripture is going to say something about Jesus. Um, number three, uh, what are the responsibilities it's called me to? And um, yeah, number four, how does this relate to other passages that I, that I, that I can recall? That's really good. And this is, this is a great time to talk about being involved in a small group or a Bible study at your local church. I mean, it can, it can be a really wonderful time when, when you're with fellow believers and you confess your faith and you're studying scripture together and learning new things. It's a really wonderful, wonderful thing, wonderful time. Yeah, study on your own and with other Christians. Uh, trustworthy commentaries. Um, not all commentaries are related equal, uh, are, are, are created equal. That's what I meant. Um, more devotional commentaries are usually, frankly, the devotional is chewing the, uh, chewing the food for you. Um, so <laughs> a lot giving, of, it's blending it up and giving it to you in a, with a straw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're either, it's either the baby bird thing oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes it's either, yeah, the mama bird feeding the baby bird, or it's uh, yeah, you're getting the scripture smoothie. Um, which I mean, th there's a place for that there. I mean. But but it's not going to be a deep. You're not going to mark it that way. <laughs> that, that's kind of probably what I'm saying there. Um, there are some commentaries that are highly highly technical, which I think for a, a typical Bible study that might be a little bit too much. Um, those are the ones that are really going to break down every word in the Greek, and they're going to reference other venerable technical commentaries. They're the kinds of stuff that we we want in seminary, but. Uh, maybe for a lay Bible studies a bit too much. Um, I really, really like the, uh, the ESV study Bibles commentary because mm -hmm. it's, um, it's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's, it's neither devotional nor technical, but it kind of tries to help you with that first step of this is what it says, but it also breaks down where you can find Jesus in each of these things. Great um, illustrations and, and maps. Wonderful. Too. Oh, wonderful yeah. charts and maps. Oh my gosh. Beautiful, beautiful stuff on that. So that's, that's, that's a good one. Um, you can find some that will kind of give you some of the insights from different people in history, whether Reformation folks or church fathers. And those are, I use that kind of thing more for quote mining for sermons than for actual study, study. Um, but like, there's there's a lot of things out there, and, and your right pastor for everyone. The commentary you. series is pretty good. Um, oh yeah, yeah, his is really good. And yeah. to write for everyone, yeah, I I, rec I recommend that for Bible studies a lot. And um, he does. A I really like the. Uh, this is more of an audio podcast thing, but the Help Me Teach the Bible series by Nancy Guthrie through through Gospel Coalition. Mm -hmm. um, she will interview kind of a scholar and they're basically like, okay, in a study, in a teaching, what are the big things you want to talk about oh, in a given nice. book? And that's, that's, that's a great series, not just for teaching, but for study. Um, one other resource, the, the Bible project has some really good mm -hmm. literary breakdowns of, of scripture, of books, which, and, and, and beautiful, they map out the, the book with that literary breakdown. And sometimes I'll print that out. And it helps just give a basically guide to understand where you are in the argument and, and what is being dealt with. And that can be very, very helpful. Really nice. super helpful for revelation. Oh, I bet. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So many times, uh, especially if you're a youth group uh, in a youth group, they want to go through revelation and that is hard stuff, but it's worthwhile. <laughs> it is. It's well, always youth group. 
Uh, number 231, how should you learn the Bible? Kind of jiving off the previous one. I should seek to know the whole sweep of Scripture and to memorize key passages for my own spiritual growth and for sharing with others. That whole sweep is something that I particularly try to really help my folks with. Um, see that big picture story so that you can fit the different parts into that big picture. There's different different ways that that's been done um, by different teachers. But in, in any way you do that, that really helps, um, especially in light of that that key that Jesus said, it's all about him. Yes. So come, I think a good way to do this is to understand, read some books. Oh, what was the one I just went through? There's a, there's a bunch of them, but, but the whole basic paradigm is creation, fall, redemption, restoration of all things. And so understand the big picture. And then and one thing that really helped me in my teens was I got a very, I mean, a, a very easily readable translation like the NIV and just read it rapidly. Mm-hmm. And, and that was very helpful to get the sweep of scripture instead of always just bogging down in like each and every verse, just to get the big ideas. It was very, very, very helpful. Yeah. And, and there, there's no book in the Bible with the exception of Psalms that takes more than um, the, the, to read. It takes more time than to watch one of the Lord of the Rings extended editions. None of them take. So um, being able just to set aside 30 minutes to an hour and just get as far as you can in a book helps you get that. It helps you feel the, the, the map of the story in a way that might not happen um, when you're breaking it down into those really smaller chunks, even those smaller chunks in the daily offices. Right. That's a really good point. And then, and then memorizing key passages. So I, I think if you want, if you want to do this sweep of scripture, a good, a good other practice to have with that is you can speed read, you know, just read fast, but then pick one thing out, just one verse and memorize it, you know, a week. And if you do both of those things, uh, you're going to have a very, very healthy, um, you're going to be learning a lot actually from scripture. And there's certain, certain kind of schemes for like picking, you know, certain verses, like, like, like the, the certain key verses, things, things like the the Roman road, you know, memorizing those those key points in Romans that that, that teach the the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the call to salvation. Um, you know, yeah, finding what those key verses are in each each book is really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So, our last question here: How should you inwardly digest Scripture? And this goes back to your steak analogy, right? Yes. I should meditate on Scripture and let it shape my thoughts and prayers. As I absorb scripture, it deepens my knowledge of God, becomes the lens through which I understand my life and the world around me, and guides my attitudes and actions. That's yeah, really that's good. really important. Um, we never, we we never um, outgrow scripture. We never, we ne- we're never going to be all the way there. Um, there's a quote from a from a rabbi that I really, really like. Um, this guy's name is wonderful name. Ben Bag Bag um, is his name. <laughs> and uh, yes, I love it. Yeah. And he's, uh, this is in, uh, um, you know, one of the, one of the more venerable passages of the Mishnah known, known as Pirkei about the sayings of the fathers. But, but speaking about the Torah, about God's law, he says, 
turn it and turn it for everything is in it and contemplate it and grow gray and old over it and stir not from it for you can have no better rule than this that's great and turn it and turn it grow yeah. gray with it that's Let the it way we marinate in you right yeah Let it marinate i like those meat analogies obviously <laughs> <laughs> Is it getting close to lunchtime for you? Yeah, Kurt? <laughs> maybe it is. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that's that's so good. Let it shape my thoughts and prayers. We're being barraged with so many images and messages um, in the entertainment that we watch, in the news, etc. We're being brainwashed, but yeah. we need a different kind of brainwashing. We need the brainwashing that comes through the Spirit-inspired Scripture. Uh, Richard Warbron. Yeah. What was that? A true washing of our brains. A true get, washing. Get a, get a cleansing. That's the right. The, uh, Richard Wormbrandt, who's a hero of mine, he, he's, that's where I got that from. He said, because he was, he, was he was tortured by the, the communists wow. um, in Romania, and they would try to brainwash him. And for every time that they would, they would try to say something to him over and over and over again, he would quote scripture. He would quote, quote scripture, quote scripture. And he says, you know that we're all trying to there are people are trying to brainwash us right whether it's tr trying to get us to buy into an ideology or buy something but we need to have our hearts and our minds washed truly washed and cleansed through scripture and so you can't do that unless it's pouring over you yeah so i love that and yeah then, and and this is one of those things that as just as you're in scripture more you it's naturally going to happen um this is which is one of the beautiful things it, it doesn't take um a lot of striving for this to happen it's just being faithful showing up to yeah but uh, go back to our woody allen quote from an episode or two ago you get you get immersed in the story of scripture and then you become part of it and it changes the way that you view everything it becomes a new lens to see the world i have a friend she uh, she was in seminary and um in seminary she decided one summer to take to take a complete fast from all media hmm. and just read scripture because she had realized that she had you know she found herself in seminary but she never never really just read scripture she was, it was always in some, she never read it cover to cover, hadn't really done the deep dive into scripture before. And so she did that. And after that, that was really her conversion. After she came out of that, she was a new person, saw the world completely different and just transformed her ministry. And, and yeah, she was, she came out with a new way of seeing, seeing the world uh, like, like God sees the world. Yeah, and that, this is one of the areas where, for for um, you know, all, all of its all of its other stuff, that um, I think evangelicalism, you know, kind of generic evangelicalism, has been really helpful as it encourages wide reading of scripture in that quiet time that we've talked about before, um, and, and like it 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 almost doesn't make sense to me because of my background um, that you wouldn't have, have, have just been marinating scripture as long as you've been a Christian. Um, but, but it's, but it is a thing that a lot of, a lot of people have not. And so, yeah, just, just do it. Just, just get into it. And and we need to take responsibility personally to do that. This is not something the church does for you. Right. 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 It's, it's your the church can give you tools. Yes. Yeah. The church can give you tools, but you got to do it. You got to do it. Yep. Amen. So do it here, Mark, read, learn, and inwardly digest the scripture, have your brain washed, <laughs> cleansed through 
the Holy Spirit through his words. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Anglican Catechesis, where we're learning to follow Jesus on the Anglican way. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to like, subscribe, share with your friends, and leave a comment below. You can also take Anglican Catechesis with you on the go by subscribing to the podcast. You can find the link in the YouTube description. Lord willing, we look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, may the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.